Thank you for taking the time to listen to this audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center. Our prayer is that you'll be encouraged and blessed by the anointed Word of God. If you'd like more information about Apostolic Worship Center and its ministries, visit our website at www.awcnorman.com. 2 Samuel chapter 21, the 21st chapter of the book of 2 Samuel. We're going to read at verse number 10, 2 Samuel chapter 21, and then verse number 10. Just two short verses here today about a woman that just kind of comes across the stage of Scripture. Scripture says, In Rizbah, the daughter of Ea, took sackcloth and spread it for her upon the rock. From the beginning of harvest until water dropped upon them out of heaven and suffered neither the birds of the air to rest on them by day nor the beast of the field by night. And it was told David what Rizbah the daughter of Ai did. The concubine of Saul had done. I want to preach for just a little while from this subject this morning. The mother that wouldn't give up. The mother that wouldn't give up. Would you ask the Lord to help us now? Jesus, I'm asking your Lord in the next little while that you'll help us, God, in the delivery of the word of the Lord. I'm asking you, oh God, that you'd quicken those things, dear God, to our spirit and to our heart. Dear God, let it find its lodging place and do a great work in our spirit and in our soul. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Would you lift your hands and voices to the Lord and can you give him a great sound of praise and worship. I thank you today, Lord. I thank you today. I thank you today. Praise God. Praise God. You may be seated. God bless you. Rizba just makes a, just a, a brief moment of appearance in uh, the scriptural text. Just these two verses is pretty well all that we know about this woman named Rizba. Rizba, I'm sure, no doubt, was like any other young lady. As she grew up, she probably had dreams. She had goals, aspirations, things she wanted to see happen in her life. Things that she thought would bring joy and would bring the direction that she wanted to go. She possibly, as any young girl would, she probably dreamed of one day getting married. That she would find that knight in shining armor and he would come and just sweep her away and they would live happily ever after. Maybe in that dream of that night in shining armor, she may have dreamed that, that we're going to have a family. And this family, there's going to be sons and daughters around my table. And I'm going to hear the pitter-patter of feet through the house. And I, I, I will get to hear, hear their squeals and their laughter. And, and then, oh, that home. Yes, that home was part of Rizba's dream, I'm sure. She must have dreamed of a house that she could furnish. 
a house that maybe she could decorate and, you know, look on Pinterest and find what the latest thing is and, and put that on the wall. Nobody here probably does any of that, but Rizba probably had those dreams about decorating a house and, uh, and furnishing the home and, and, you know, moving furniture from time to time here and there so that your husband stumbles over it when he doesn't know that you've moved it in the darkness. Those were all part of the dream that I'm sure Rizba must have had in her life. But her reality is a far cry from her dreams. The things that, that she imagined would be, her reality is nothing of what her daydreams had been in her life. You see, for Rizba, instead of becoming married, she became a concubine. This is a woman who is not really a wife. She is of a lower status. She's part of a harem of women that simply occupy the palace. And she becomes a concubine to King Saul. And it is King Saul now that she is indebted to. While not marriage in and of itself, this did provide some form of financial security and uh, certain rights for any children that were born to the relationship. So we'll tweak the dream just a little bit and we'll kind of change the way we think it's supposed to turn out. And instead of the knight in shining armor, well, we're just a mistress of affair to King Saul. But there are children and we do live in a palace and there is financial security here and we will be cared for. But then Rizba's dream meets further realities in life because suddenly she finds herself in the middle of a political scandal and she becomes the center of this political upheaval. There was a man by the name of Abner. He was a cousin to King Saul. And when King Saul had been killed in battle. And King Saul's son had become king over the nation of Israel. It was Abner. It was the King Saul's son that accused Abner of having an affair. Or actually raping Rizba. It's never proven whether he really did or not. It's never proven proven whether the affair actually happened or not, but now there's this question mark drawn upon Rizba's life. Now as she moves in and out of the palace and as she goes about her daily activities, there's a little whisper here and a little whisper there because it doesn't take much gossip for some folks to believe it's all facts and now she has this little image that is placed over her and it further tarnishes her dream. But it would not be the political scandal that would ultimately calls her to reach the very end of her rope and her dream finally diminished. It would be a spiritual struggle that she finds herself in because you see King Saul had done some very wicked and evil things and there was a group of people that lived amongst the Israelites they were known as the Gibbonites and the Gibbonites was a group of people that Joshua some 400 years before when they first came into the land of Canaan that, that he made a covenant with them that Israel would let them live and they would never 
ever be destroyed. But King Saul violated that 400-year-old covenant and he had slain a bunch of these Gibeonite people and God was unhappy and he was very displeased with the sin that Saul had brought into the land and now David has become king and God doesn't forget transgression and God doesn't forget sin and suddenly there goes a season and there's no rain and the crops begin to die and the grass begins to fade and there, there's not as much grain to take care of the needs of the table or the beast of the field and then there's another season that goes by and there's still no rain and then a third season goes by and there's still no rain and the crops are dead and the grass is dry and the water places are drying up and David begins to seek the Lord and he begins to ask God, God why are we in this famine? Why are we dealing with the dryness of the earth and why is the pools receding and and why has this been brought upon us and God shows and revealed to David the transgression of Saul that Saul had killed these Gibeonite people who, who had a covenant with the nation of Israel and that restitution needed to be made so David sits down with these Gibeonites and he says look we want to make it right we've done you wrong we shouldn't have done what we did it was an error it was a mistake we've sinned what can we do in making this situation right. And the Gibeonite said, we want seven sons of Saul. We want those seven sons to be hung. And when those seven sons are hung, restitution will be made. And so David proceeded to gather seven seven sons of Saul and bring them and hang them. It just so happened to be that remember Rizba in her twisted dream that had begun to fall apart and unravel had become the concubine of Saul and to that relationship there were two sons that were born and when David began to select the seven sons that would be hung guess what he chose Rizba's two boys. I can imagine the day that they came and took those boys and took them out of the house. Uh, of the seven that were hung, two of them now belong to Rizba. And I, I can imagine as she cried and wept and clawed at their garments and said, no, not my boys. Don't take my boys. It's all I got left of my dream. It's, it's all I've got left. I, I didn't get my night in shining armor. I didn't get my house house to decorate. I I didn't get my family. I I didn't get the opportunity to prepare meals. I'm stuck in this royal palace and you take my boys from me. Please, not my boys. And she follows them to the execution site as they take their five cousins along with these two boys and they hang them upon those stakes and hang them there until they die and Rizba finds herself crumpled beneath the feet now her dreams are totally gone everything that she once lived for has been taken away from her can I tell you we live in a rough 
and a cruel and a violent world. A world that has a way of taking things that we find dear and taking them away from us. Our dreams are magnets for tragic events that seek to annul those dreams. We're studying about Joseph in our midweek groups. Joseph had his dream drugged through the depths of the pit and through the lie of the palace temptress and then finally in the darkness of a prison. Yes, our dreams do meet tragedies from time to time. Job must have had a dream of being a successful farmer and and a father and, and, and having much land, but he soon found that dream was all falling apart and he found himself in despair. Let me just pause for just a moment to say on this Sunday morning that there's some things in life that are the consequences of poor choices, but there are some things in life that are just the fate of living. Life just happens to turn out this particular way. And so it's not the issue of of how we fall into tragedy or how we fall into these dreams that fall apart. The issue is what we do when we meet these tragic moments and difficult times. It's David who sits down in the ashes of a burned out zigzag. And scripture says as he sat there and as he wept and the people wept with him because everything he had hoped for had now fallen apart and had fallen into disarray. But Rizba, this woman who briefly comes to the stage of scripture, she teaches us how to fight back. She teaches us how to rise up. She teaches us how that when your future is dark, to hang in there, to hold on, and to give it everything that you've got. You understand that Rizba could not change her circumstances, but she did not have to accept her circumstances. She could not change what was happening in her home and in her family, but she did not have to accept it. Let me address our mothers that's in this building today because mothers, as you see your children grow and you see them make choices and decisions and you see them go in particular paths and move in particular avenues that you would like to somehow or another turn them out of and you realize that it can't be done. You are like you are like Rizba that says, I may not be able to change their choices, but I don't have to accept their choices. I may not be able to change the path that they trod, but I don't have to accept the path that they trod. And so Rizba teaches us and teaches our mothers who are so, so gifted with this ability to pray. And that it teaches us to, you know what, that I may have lost my boys here and I may not be able to change the circumstances, but I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll just go out there and I'll take me some sackcloth. Sackcloth was what the mourners wore. It's what those that had lost loved ones put on. And she took sackcloth and she made her a little tent out of that sackcloth and she crawled up underneath that sackcloth and she said you know what? As long as my boys hang there, I'm not leaving this spot. I'm going to stay right here and I'm going to drive the vultures away and I'm going to drive the beast away and I'm staying right here. I can't change 
the circumstance, uh, but I don't have to accept it. So I'm going to stay right here and I'm going to fight these animals away. Let me tell mothers here today, don't ever give up on your kids. Don't ever give up on your family. Don't ever give up on those children. I know they may make some choices and I know they may make some decisions and I know they may go in some directions you don't like, but if you have to, why don't you get you a tent of sackcloth and just go find some place and crawl up underneath it, Mama, because the greatest thing you can do for your kids when it all falls apart is not quit, not give in, not stop, but just keep pressing on and going on and giving it everything that you have. You see, Rizba is powerless against the injustice, but she is powerful in her display of passion. She doesn't rail on the unfairness of society. She doesn't rail about the injustice done. She doesn't make accusations against the king and the judgment that he's passed. Rather, Rizba does the only thing that she knows to do, and that's to put up a sackcloth tent, climb inside of it, and just give it everything she's got in driving away the beast of the field. I believe the 21st century is still looking for mamas that won't give up. I believe he's still looking for mothers that won't quit. I believe he's still looking for mamas that says, you know what? I know, I know it looks like it's all hung up right now. And I know it looks like it's all shriveling and dying and my dreams are passing away. But I'm staying right here in this tent of sackcloth and I'm going to give it everything I got until something changes and something turns around. Oh, that our mother would be mothers that just doesn't give up. You see, Rizba is a portrait of two very powerful forces that is needed in our present world today. Rizba is the picture of a praying mother that leaves the comfort of her home to be an intercessor for her children. She's the picture of an intercessor that leaves the sanctuary of her house And finds that tent of intercession and gives it everything she got, everything she's got in prayer. You see, your children's future rises on the wings of your prayers, mothers, but your children's future collapses without those prayers. And the best thing you can do for your kids is not provide a home, but provide a place of prayer. The greatest thing you can do for your kids is not provide a place that has all the fun things in it, but provide a place where there is intercession and travail before the Lord. You see, intercession, intercessory prayer can be defined as loving your children on your knees. The greatest way, moms, that you express your love to your children is that midnight hour when you get up and you set up your sackcloth tent, maybe in the corner of a closet because you don't want to disturb the house, or maybe it's in, in the living room somewhere, or maybe it might be it might be in, in the bathroom. You've just kind of pulled yourself in there and closed the door and you've set up your sackcloth tent and you climb 
in and you begin to spend several hours before the Lord and say, God, I can't change what they're doing and I can't change where they're going and I can't change the decisions that they've made and I can't change the choices they've got. But I'm staying right here, Lord, and I'm praying. I'm praying for something to happen. I'm praying for something to take place. I'm praying for something, something to be transformed in their lives. There's nothing more powerful. There's no greater gift, mother, that you can give to your children than that tent of intercessory prayer where you just pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. But not only is Rizba a portrait of a praying mother, Rizba is the portrait of the church. Because did you know in Scripture, the church is a called a mother. We are born through the church. God is our father. But the church is our mother. The word of God is the seed that brings to us life and regeneration. And the church is pictured as a mother in scripture. Can I tell you, the church is never going to give up. The church is going to stay in the tent of intercession and it's going to keep praying and keep believing because the greatest thing as a church that we can do is not have the best of programs but to have the best of intercessory prayer that says, you know what? We may not be able to change a lot in anybody's lives but we sure can set up a tent of intercessory prayer and just pray and pray and pray and pray. I'm telling you this. These times need mothers in homes and churches in communities that just won't give up. That'll give it everything they've got. I like Rizba. I like Rizba because Scripture tells us in 2 Samuel chapter 21, verse number 10, that Rizba took this sackcloth and she spread it for her upon the rock. From the beginning... Of harvest. Somewhere around April, she sets her tent up. Somewhere around April, she sets the tent up. Now remember, it hadn't rained for three years. There's been a famine in the land. The pond levels are down. The rivers and the lakes have receded. There's no crops in the field. But Rizba sets her tent of sackcloth up beneath those boys that were hanging there and she spends her time in this famine and in this land that is famished from rain in a place that's dry and barren and while the beast of the field would feed upon these boys' bodies she sits there from the beginning of the harvest And then look at that five-letter word. Until. Somebody shout until. Somebody shout until. Somebody shout until. How long did she stay in her tent of intercession? She's not in her palace. 
She's not where her dream is. She's not where life imagined for her to be. She's out on a barren rock somewhere beneath the devastation of her hung boys where rain has been held back because of a curse. But she stays there until water dropped upon them out of heaven. It was somewhere around October before the rains would ever come in for six months, six months. She's not in a palace. She's not in a comfort zone. For six months, she's not in a place of ease. And for six months, she's not amongst royalty. For six months, she doesn't have the stigma of living in the palace. But for six months, she's in a tent of intercession, pleading for rain because the boys couldn't be taken down until the water dropped from heaven. And she said, I'm staying here until I get rain from heaven. I want to encourage some of our mamas on this Sunday morning. Would you please stay in your tent of intercession until the curse is taken away and the rain from heaven falls. I'm not going to accept the dryness in my home. I'm not going to accept the curse in my family. I'm not going to accept the barrenness in in my life. I'm staying in the tent of sackcloth and I'm staying there until I get rain from heaven and this curse is taken away. I'm telling you, there's no curse that can stand against a praying mama. There's no curse that can stand against a mama that crawls into the tent of intercession. There's no curse that's latched itself a hold of a child, of a son, a daughter, a family member that cannot be broken by a mama that'll just climb up underneath that tent of sackcloth and say, I'm staying here. I'm staying here until the curse is gone, until the rain comes, until we're able to change this situation. Am I preaching to anybody here today? Are there any mamas? This isn't the hour to give up. This isn't the hour to quit. This isn't the hour to stop. This isn't the hour to back away from your tent of sackcloth. This is the moment to stay right where you're at because if you'll stay where you're at, rain's going to fall on your family. Rain's going to fall on your home. Rain's going to fall on your kids so I know it's mama's day and I know that there's a lot of food and families and and meals that are being prepared but oh I've got a feeling there's some mamas in this building today that you're going to crawl right back in to your tent of sackcloth and say God I'm staying here and I'm beating away the vultures and I'm beating away the beast until I get rain from heaven and the curse is washed away but it wasn't it wasn't just rain that she stayed for it wasn't just rain that she stayed and labored for no she stayed until she had the attention of the king for scripture tells us in 2nd Samuel chapter 21 verse number 10 that Rizba took sackcloth she spread it for her upon the rock from the beginning of harvest until water dropped Upon them out of heaven. She suffered not the birds of the air. To rest on them by day. Nor the beast of the field by night. Verse 11. It was told David. What Rizba. Had done. And King David. Said you know what. Those boys have hung there long enough. That curse has been present long enough. And with one executive order by the king. 
That thing that had been a curse for six months. That thing that had hung there for six months. The king commanded them to be taken down. And for them to have a proper burial. And for it to be placed away. And it was then and then only that Rizpah said, I can leave my tent. I can go back to the palace. Because finally, I have got taken care of what needs to be taken care of. Listen to me, mamas. If there's anybody that knows how to get the king's attention, I'm looking at some mamas in the house right now. You know how to get the king to act in your stead. You know how to get the king to come to your aid. God, you're my king, and I'm staying right here until you give the order, till you give the command to change the situation and change the circumstance. So let me just tell some mamas on this Sunday morning on this precious and wonderful Mother's Day. This is not the time to give up and this is not the moment to quit. This is not the hour to turn back. This is the hour for our mothers just to stay with it and say I'm going to keep praying and I'm going to keep believing and I'm going to keep interceding and I'm going to keep hollering out to God until finally the curse passes and the king acts in my stead. Hear me, ladies. You got a powerful voice before God. Come on, ladies. You got a powerful voice before God. I said, ladies, you got a powerful voice before God. Just go ahead and climb in your tent of sackcloth and say, I'm staying right here. I'm staying right here. I won't quit. I know it's bad, but I won't quit. I'm staying right here. I know it's ugly. I know that's not the way I dreamed it to be, but I'm staying right here until the curse is gone and the king has answered my petition and my plea. Rizba says that the grain will come and the king will answer. Will you stand with me this morning? And would you just lift your hand to heaven? And would you just let the Lord know that I'm staying right here and I won't quit. I'm staying right here and I won't quit. I'm staying right here and I won't quit. I'm staying right here. Staying right here, and I won't quit. Just gonna stay right here. I may be preaching to a mama today that you've got weary with your tent of sackcloth because you've been there so long, and the curse hadn't passed, and the king hadn't answered. But I'm asking mamas to go back to your intercession because the curse will pass and the king will answer. This is what I'd like for you to do with me on this Sunday morning. I'd like for all of our ladies, all across the building, all of our ladies, whether you're a mother or not, I'd like for all of our ladies to come stand across this front with me. Won't you just come push in, just all of our ladies. Just right up here with me. Just come stand with me. This beautiful young ladies, mamas, precious apostolic ladies, just come stand with me here. Just push right on up here. Just 
This is a powerful force right here. This is a powerful army right here. I want all you guys. We talk a lot about our men. We've been trying to elevate our men. We'll talk about you on Father's Day. But I want you to know these precious mothers and ladies standing here is a powerful army that when they climb into the tent of intercession, they change the curse and they summons the king. Don't discredit these voices that get up at the midnight hour to make intercession because this is a powerful force. These are ladies and mothers that just won't quit, that just won't give up. It don't matter what it looks like. I'll stay here and beat vultures off. Young ladies, mothers, would you just lift your hands to heaven with me right now? And I want you men, I want you to lift your hand toward these ladies. I want you to put a covering over them right now. We're going to pray over our ladies. We're going to pray over our young ladies. We're going to pray over our mamas here. We're going to pray for you to go back to your tent of intercession. We're going to pray for you ladies that you'd not give up. It don't matter how bad the dream looks right now, how bad things may appear, but that you'll just stay in that place of intercession and you'll pray until the curse changes and the king comes. Here we go, ladies. We're going to pray a special prayer over you now. I want you to lift your hands to receive it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I speak an anointing over all of our ladies and all of our mothers. This army of prayer warriors right here, God, I speak an anointing on their life. God, I want you to put the spirit of Rizba upon these precious ladies, young ladies and mothers. God, that they won't quit. They won't give up. Though it looks like everything's hung. Though it looks like everything is past and gone and the curse has won. God, give these women courage to go back to their tent of intercession and pray the curse off their family. To pray the curse off their kids. To get a word from the king and action from the throne. God, I want you, Lord, to hear the voice of these mamas, these young ladies. God, I want you to put a mantle of intercession on our young ladies, God. I want you to put a mantle early, early in their life. I want you to put a mantle of intercession on our young ladies. God, I want you to put a mantle of intercession over these precious sisters and mothers. I want you, oh God, to encourage them that you're going to send the rain. You're going to answer their prayers. God, it's going to happen. That's it. Come on, Mama. Would you do it with me now? Would you just go back to your tent on this wonderful day honoring you? You have been listening to an audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center located in Norman, Oklahoma. We are located at 3221 North Porter Avenue, Norman, Oklahoma, 73071. Our service times are Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. And we also have various ministries happening on Wednesday night. For more information, visit our website, www.awcnorman.com. You can call us at 480-382-7000. 
405-329-1285 or email us at info at awcnorman.com. We hope that this recording has been a blessing to you.